Adult content intended for an adult audience only. All characters engaging in sexual relationships or activities are 18 years old or older. Contains explicit words, thoughts, and ideas. This story was found on a free website and brought to audio form here. I did not write and take no credit for this story. Please visit the link above to further support this writer. A Shepherd in France Chapter 16 by Bernd Redstone Ben sat at a table on the patio soaking in the morning sunlight as the party enjoyed their breakfast. They were watching the traffic drive by and the busy movement of people passing by on the sidewalk. Truth be told the four blondes sitting at the table next to the railing were drawing their share of observers as well. Ben was sitting with Gabriella and her kids. He'd wolfed down his breakfast and was now just relaxing and letting the food settle. Gabriella and Catherine were desperately curious about his meeting with Margot but they didn't want to push him and there hadn't been an opportunity for him to speak privately anyway. Ben! It's him! Catherine hissed. His eyes snapped open and he looked to where she was discreetly pointing. He spotted the small man they had the altercation with in the Louvre. He was sitting in the back of a convertible with a tall woman with an enormous mane of blonde hair and huge sunglasses. Driving the convertible was the little man's bodyguard. He stood to watch it move down the block. The last he saw it was turning into the next street. Gabriella had memorized the plate and entered it into her phone's email. Weren't the police looking for him? Catherine asked. Yes. I still have his address so I'm going to send a note off to Chief Inspector Boucher with the license plate. He can forward that along to the local police or whoever is looking for him. What was the man's name again? The McGovern ladies conferred for a second. He said his name was Rashid Shakir. Gabriella added that to the note then hit send. Is everyone done? Are we ready to go? Ben asked and received nods. The plan for the day was to drive to a mountaintop walled village called St. Paul, Delaware Vance. Gabriella was driving so they all got into the fish tank, Ben squeezing himself into the rearmost seat between the delighted duo of Miriam and Daniel. They giggled constantly as Ben teased Sophia, Rachel, and Megan from the back seat by tugging on their hair. Gabriella and Catherine finally had to tell everyone to behave and look out the window to enjoy the scenery. Ben made an unhappy face and the kids burst into giggles again. Ben! Gabriella growled playfully. The scenery was very interesting so soon the van was quiet. Ben noticed Rachel was rolling her neck stiffly. He reached over the seat and began massaging her shoulders. Oh God, yes! That feels so good! Rachel groaned and all eyes went to her. What's going on back there? Catherine asked. Ben's just massaging Rachel's shoulders and neck, Sophia said with an envious tone. He worked his thumbs into her stiff trapezius muscles and felt them begin to loosen. Once she was relaxed he ran his thumbs down the sides of her neck and he felt something odd on the left side. There was a small V-shaped scar there. He gently ran his thumb over the spot and he felt her begin to squirm as tingles rushed through her body. He pulled his hands back in confusion. He had a flash of memory. His lips kissing a neck, his tongue gently stroking the skin there and feeling the raised texture of a scar. A V-shape. Catherine? He called out, and she looked around the passenger seat to see him. Yes? He looked at her neck and it was smooth. No scar. Nothing, never mind. He sat back, stunned. What the hell? He spent the next little while in silence, looking at nothing as the dots connected in his mind. The behavior of the sisters the next morning. Catherine's behavior and Gabriella's. He felt his world start to slip out from under him. The trust he had in these women was seriously strained and he began to feel ill. Gabriella. I need to stop, please. Right now, he said, fighting to keep the bile down. She swung the car into a fast food restaurant parking lot, and people scrambled out of the van to let Ben get out. He made a beeline to the restaurant, 
and rushed into the washroom. Daniel followed him in to make sure he was okay. He heard Ben throwing up and went back out to tell Catherine. She looked worried. No one else was feeling ill and they had all eaten breakfast together. Minutes later Ben walked from the washroom. His face was wet from splashing his face in the sink. Catherine walked up to him but he passed her and went to the counter. He bought himself a couple of bottles of water. He drank one immediately then looked over at Catherine. I need to speak with you and Gabriella, please. He looked over at the empty booth in the corner and pointed to it. Catherine blinked at his tone then went outside to get Gabriella to come inside. Ben dropped himself in the booth with his back to the wall. He ran his hands through his hair and tried to calm his mind. Gabriella and Catherine came in and sat across from him. He glanced out the window and saw the others standing by the van watching them through the window. Ben, what's wrong? Gabriella asked, worried. How did Rachel get the scar on her neck? He asked Catherine. What? Uh, she was in a small accident in school when she was in her teens. It's been there for years. Why? She asked, puzzled. You don't have a scar that shape on the side of your throat. He growled. Comprehension flashed in Gabriella's eyes and Ben saw it. Ben, wait. There is a good explanation for what happened that night. That lit the lights in Catherine's eyes and she suddenly looked guilty. You are supposed to tell me the truth. That's the foundation of our relationships. Honesty. Keeping me in the dark is the same thing as lying. Ben exclaimed. Yes, Ben, but you weren't stable that night. You'd had a mental break. Gabriella asserted quietly. Ben rocked back. He wasn't stable. Was that how they saw him? Gabriella immediately saw Ben had taken her words harder than she'd intended but knew retracting them would be worse. You had a couple of episodes of memory loss. You collapsed. We put you to bed and you were still a little shaky. Rachel was passing your room later and heard you scream. She went into your room to see if you were okay. She touched you and you pulled her onto the bed. You went back to sleep holding her but she couldn't get loose. She waited for us to come upstairs to help her but she fell asleep too. When we came upstairs your door was open but we closed it instead of looking inside. Ben's jaw was flexing as he stared at the table's surface and digested her words. He couldn't argue with them as he had no memory of the event but it sounded like his previous behavior. Why didn't she tell me it was her? He ground out. Catherine leaned forward and spoke gently. She said you'd already started when she woke up and it felt too good to stop. She wasn't prepared for you to have sex with her but honestly both she and Sophia were praying you'd take them to bed. It wasn't until afterwards when you called her Catherine that Rachel realized she might have created a problem for you. She immediately spoke with Megan then they came to speak with me and Sophia. I spoke with Gabriella and we were worried that the additional stress might be dangerous after your episode the night before. We're sorry Ben. There was never any intent to hurt you. We love you. Ben sat quietly trying to get his equilibrium back. He looked out the window and saw Rachel was crying. He put his head in his hands and groaned as a spike of pain went through it. When he looked up again his eyes were red and glassy. Gabriella and Catherine had tears pooling in their eyes too. I'm sorry I'm such a mess. I will check in with my shrink the moment I get home to deal with this. But I need you both to stop keeping things from me. That is far more destructive to my mental balance than the truth, however messy it may be. My trust in you must be absolute. I can't function otherwise. My world falls apart. Can you promise me that? Gabriella and Catherine both nodded and they all slid out of the booth. He hugged them both tightly to his body. He felt them trembling but he was trembling too. They made their way back out to the van and Rachel looked at him with bleary eyes. He held his arms open and she ran into them, crushing her body against him as she cried. I am so sorry. She wailed against his chest. 
he made hushing sounds and kissed the top of her head and rubbed her back until she calmed down. I'm not mad at you. I was upset that the secret was kept from me and that hurt. A lot. I don't like secrets. No more secrets. Okay? He whispered to her. She nodded vigorously. He tilted her chin up and gave her a gentle kiss on the lips. He reached over and pulled Sophia close as she had tears in her eyes too. He addressed them both quietly. No more mistaken identities if I find one of you in my bed. My eyesight in the dark isn't that good. You announce who you are. Understood? Sophia caught the implication immediately and a smile blossomed on her face and she nodded. Clear it with your mother and Gabriella first. He said looking them in the eyes and they nodded again, excitement coming back into their eyes. He turned to the group. Let's get back on our way. Sorry about the delay. Gabriella drove them the rest of the way up the mountain and they managed to get one of the coveted parking spots around the walled town. As they were walking towards the gates Daniel was giving them the history of the town from his guidebook. The town still had a fair number of residents but it was also home to many unique shops offering everything from art to fashion to furniture to wine. There was also a number of excellent restaurants. They spent the rest of the morning mooching in the shops with Daniel and Ben exploring and taking pictures. Ben bought Daniel some glass art he fell in love with and had them ship it to his address. They met up for lunch at a restaurant with tables in the square under some trees and took in the view of the valley below. The meal was exquisite and Ben's spirits were gradually returning to his regular levels. The boy's enthusiasm was a definite antidote for his blues. Ben sat back in his chair and just soaked in the ambience of the surroundings. He was sitting in a patio of a restaurant in a walled village in France with people he loved and who loved him back. A wonderful breeze was blowing up the hill cooling them as did the shade they were in. He smelled pine and the wonderful food around him. He felt a sense of peace settle over him and he closed his eyes to listen to the gentle sounds of people conversing quietly, the wind passing through the needles of the pine trees, the clink of cutlery and glasses, and the warble of the swallows flying above. He heard a click and opened his eyes. Daniel was smiling at him across the table. He turned his camera around and showed Ben the image. Daniel had captured the peace Ben was feeling at that moment. He looked completely tranquil. Thank you, Daniel. That image will always remind me of this day and will bring me back to the tranquility and perfection of this moment. Daniel grinned widely at his praise. Gabriella had tears in her eyes as she looked at Ben interacting with her son. This was what her husband should have been doing instead of chasing after his lust for more money. Catherine took her friend's hand in hers and gave it a squeeze. Gabriella squeezed back. After lunch they returned to mooching and Ben and Daniel stuck close to them and poked in a few stores themselves. Ben was mostly interested in the architecture of the buildings. It was late afternoon when they decided to head back. They loaded their purchases in the back of the van and Gabriella sat in the middle seat with her kids while Catherine drove and Ben rode shotgun. Catherine's girls sat in the back and showed each other the clothing they'd purchased. The drive back to the hotel passed quickly as they discussed plans for the following day. Shopping in nice. Ben begged off as two days of shopping was too much for him. Daniel asked his mom if he could stay behind as well and Ben said he'd appreciate the company so it was settled. It was going to be a girls-only shopping extravaganza. The ladies cheered while Daniel rolled his eyes and Ben chuckled. They left the van with the valet after they gathered their purchases. The group made their way back to their rooms and as Ben was going out on a date with Gabriella the others said their goodnights on their floor. Catherine and her daughters all got their kisses and left with happy smiles carrying their bags of fines. Ben arranged with Gabriella to meet her in the lobby and went to freshen up and dress up. He put on his black dress shirt and black dress slacks and dress shoes. As he waited in the lobby he attracted attention from the other guests as he looked rather intimidating dressed in black. He was just about to go back upstairs to change when Gabriella showed up in a gorgeous dark green dress. 
The neckline was daringly low and Ben froze when he saw her. Is it too much? She asked, biting her lip. God, no! I mean, you look incredible, Ben hastened to say. She smiled at him and took his arm. Ben felt the attention swing from him to her, and he was okay with that. Where are we going for dinner tonight? He asked. I read some stellar reviews of a Lebanese restaurant a few blocks away. We'll have to take a taxi, but we can walk back if you'd like, she suggested. Sounds good. Let's go. The taxi ride was relatively short, but the roads twisted and turned so Ben was quickly lost. Gabriella had the taxi drop them off at the entrance to a side street so they could enjoy the walk up the street to the restaurant which was in a cluster of older buildings. Ben saw most were small shops and restaurants, but a few seemed to be residential. Odd zoning, he thought. The Lebanese restaurant was small and simply decorated but they got a nice table facing the street so they could see the people come and go. Gabriella ordered for both of them. Ben, I wanted to tell you how sorry I am to have upset you so badly this morning. The instinct to protect our loved ones is very strong and we tend to smother you a little, I think. She said sincerely. Thank you. You understand how that kind of protection doesn't work for me though, right? He asked. Yes, I think the message finally sunk in today. She admitted. Then we move forward. He said with a smile and pressed his lips to her fingers. The food began arriving and Gabriella explained what each dish was. Ben gamely tried everything and found most of it was to his liking. They ordered a little extra of the falafel as Ben found them to be delicious. They took their time and lingered over the meal. They decided to find a gelato place for dessert on their walk back. Ben paid the bill and told Gabriella he had to use the washroom before they left. He left her sipping the last of her wine at the table as he made his way back to the washroom. He descended a staircase and saw a number of doors with symbols on them. The middle one looked familiar so he went through. Beyond the door was a hallway and an arrow sticker on the wall pointing down the hall. He followed the arrow and went through another door into another hallway lined with doors. None opened. He turned the corner and finally found a washroom, but it seemed to double as a storage room which he thought was odd and slightly gross. He did his business and headed back. When he reached the first door it wouldn't open as it seemed to be locked on his side. He pounded on the door but no one down here but him. He looked up at the arrow and followed it to the end of the corridor. He pushed through a door and stumbled down and out into a laneway behind the building. He looked in both directions and wondered which way would take him back to the front of the restaurant. He had no idea so he decided to try the door in the hallway again. Maybe it was just jammed, not locked. He turned back and saw two identical doors. He didn't know which one he'd stumbled out from. He tried the one on the right but it was locked. The other was not so he hoped it was the right one. The interior hall was the same dull color so he walked back. He tried to keep the cardinal direction straight in his head as he moved forward. He rounded a corner and came face to face with a fat, bald man standing in front of a door. Ben was scowling in frustration and the man took one look at the scar flaring across his face and a look of recognition passed over his florid features as he muttered rap Ava. He immediately stepped aside and opened the door for Ben. Annoyed at being once more confused for the serial killer, Ben stepped past him into the room and the door closed behind him. This wasn't the restaurant. In the split second before all hell broke loose Ben noted three girls kneeling side by side on the floor to his right with black bags over their heads. They seemed to be clinging to each other's hands. There was a glass-topped coffee table in front of him with a gun on it, a bag of white powder, and a straw. There was a skinny unshaven man slumped back against the couch behind the table blinking stupidly at him. To Ben's left was a heavy-set man leaning back on the rear legs of a chair. He heard the girls whimpering in fear and Ben's eyes went cold. He saw the man in the tilted chair pulling his gun with his left hand so he reached out and grabbed his hair, yanking him back and down to slam his skull against the concrete floor. 
The gun was clear of his jacket and went off with a huge boom as Ben cracked his skull open on the floor. The bullet grazed Ben and punched a hole in the door and the man guarding its other side. Skinny guy on the couch was suddenly aware that something was seriously wrong. He stared into the cold eyes of the man dressed in black then tried going for his gun. Ben grabbed the bag of white powder and slammed it into Skinny's face, crushing him back against the sofa cushions. He held it over his nose and mouth until the man's eyes rolled back and he went still. He heard the sound of running feet and quickly stepped to the side of the door on the other side of the room. The first one through the door got a fist to the throat and dropped his gun as he clutched at his crushed windpipe. The second man slammed to a halt back at the bottom of the stairs and opened fire. The bullets hit the body of the man Ben was holding as a shield. The sound of sirens approaching could be heard. The man in the hall swore then turned and ran back up the stairs. Ben closed the door and dropped the body behind it. He looked around and saw the carnage. The three hooded girls had crawled to the corner of the room and were huddled together. Ben heard crying from behind another door in the room and saw there was a lock on it. He opened the lock quietly and yanked the door open. He was greeted with shrieks from the two women inside the room. They were wearing simple, white nighties. He recognized the blonde by her large mane of hair. She was the one in the convertible with that shacker guy he saw at breakfast this morning. The memory of having breakfast with his loved ones pulled Ben back into the here and now, and he looked at the two women clinging to each other in fear. Are you ladies all right? He asked. They blinked at him. He looked at the lock on the door. Were you locked in this room? The two slid off the bed and rushed up to his side. They peered out into the room and saw the three dead men and squeaked in fear. Ben made reassuring sounds and sat the two down on a small couch. The sirens were much closer now. Just wait here for the police. They'll be here any minute. I have to go see if the girls are okay. Ben looked into the frightened light blue eyes of the blonde and the hazel eyes of her brunette companion and smiled reassuringly to them. Everything will be okay now. He gently pried their hands from his shirt sleeves. He heard crying and turned around. The three girls with hoods on their heads were huddled in the corner. Ben walked over to them. They shrieked when he touched them. Shoo. It's okay. The police have arrived. We will get you home. They froze when he said that. He saw their hands were zip-tied and had nothing to cut them loose with. The hoods just had string ties so he was able to undo those and pull the hoods off. They blinked in the bright light of the room and looked up into his kind eyes. They threw themselves against him and cried. One was speaking French but the other two were speaking a language Ben didn't recognize at all. They looked alike so maybe they were sisters. The police busted into the room, pushing the corpse to the side and started yelling, something. Ben raised his hands and two burly men grabbed him and pulled him back from the young women. Ben continued to reassure the young frightened girls. The police cuffed him and left him on his stomach on the floor. He sighed. The two ladies from the bedroom were screaming something to the police and crying. The officers looked at him, and one knelt down by his head. You are American? Ben relaxed. Yes. What is your name? Ben Shepard. What were you doing here? I was having dinner in a nice Lebanese restaurant. I went to use the washroom and got locked out. I ended up in an alley. The only door that opened brought me to this room. I don't remember much between that and finding the two ladies in the bedroom. My friend is still in the restaurant. A beautiful brunette woman in a gorgeous green dress. Her name is Gabriella Wallace. We will check your story. Did you kill these men? The officer asked. I... I don't know. I have... holes in my memory. He explained. Convenient. Not really. It's frightening, actually. Ben sighed. The officer barked something and the two larger men helped Ben to his feet and led him out. Once he was out on the street he saw he was in the building next to the restaurant. 
he spotted Gabriella behind the police barricade and the officer who questioned him went over to speak with her. They pushed Ben into the back of a police car. Someone rushed up and took a picture of Ben looking out the window. He leaned back and closed his eyes. Great. That was just what he needed. 